Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Welcome back. A Better Way Forward, week three, talking about how to beat what is behind you. How to beat what's behind you, overcome your past, overcome the power of, your, of, of what holds you back, what holds you back. And so if you're just joining me, uh, man, the first two weeks of this have, have set, there's been great context. Everything you see on the screen is, is probably the last two weeks. If you have not caught those, please go do that do on YouTube or online, wherever you want to do it. Facebook is probably good too. Um, I woke up this morning with a sore back, <laughs> and so, so we are going, we're going together, and we're going anyways, and so uh, A Better Way Forward is really a journey to 2023, to that start date, and I don't want to assume that everybody's just going to live off adrenaline and caffeine to start the year, and I don't want to assume that you're going to be 100% healthy when you get to that point. I want to help you get healthy so you can have your best year that you've ever had, and so we're spending the rest of 2022 focusing on what it means to be completely healthy. The cornerstone scripture for this series is 1 Thessalonians 5.23, which says that, the God, that God would see you in hopes that you would be completely, wholly fulfilled, right? Through and through, that you'd be sanctified through and through. That is to separate yourself from profane and vulgar things, make you pure and whole and undamaged, consecrated to him, set apart for his purpose, so that your spirit, your soul, and your body may be kept complete and be found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are a soul. I'm sorry, you, you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. So this is, this is who you are. This is your be. God called you a human being. This is also referred to as your heart. Your soul would be your mind, your intellect, um, your emotions, everything that, that works upstairs for you. Really, really, this is what can separate us from connecting spiritually to God. But this is how we talk and communicate and connect with God. Our soul is our actual self. It's, it's everything that we think. It's how we make our decisions. It's, it's what makes us cry, what makes us laugh. It's all those things. Right here is our soul. And then our body is our due identity. The Bible also calls uh, our body our flesh. And so then, you know that you, um, you are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. That's how God created you. First Thessalonians 5.23 says that. And when, when it comes to beating what is behind you, okay, there are two biblical truths that lead to that. So then, you, if you're going to overcome the past, right, if you're going to break the power of your past and what it has on you, the first thing is this, where you come from tends to lead to where you're going. We have to understand that. Where I just came from tends to lead to where I'm likely going to go, Right? And so then we must break those generational curses, the things that we bring with us every day that we don't even realize, right? And we think that we must carry them alone, and, and, and alone we will do nothing. Away from God, apart from God, we'll do nothing. But with God, all things are possible. And so then we go with God because he knows about all this stuff, and that's really why he sent Jesus anyways, right? And the second thing is this. Real relationship with God requires you to eliminate the sinful patterns in your past, in your family's history, and to relearn, to reorient yourself, to relearn how to live according to God's principles and His will for your life. And so then being completely healthy means, means these are balanced spots. It means I'm not just 90% physically healthy and 10% spiritually healthy, and I'm disconnected emotionally, mentally, intellectually, socially, 
I'm not disconnected there. I'm living balanced and I'm living balanced whole. I am three parts whole is what the Bible says. And so, so I'm going to be completely healthy. I'm going to break the power of my past. That's really about facing your past. That's turning in, that's turning and facing your past instead of covering it up or running from it, right? The action is to turn and face what's behind you. If you're ever going to beat what's behind you, you have to face it. And Jesus' blood allows you to do that. Jesus allows you to do that. You should not live in denial about your past or your current physical health, spiritual health, soil, soul care. We talked about this being spiritual connection. You don't have to deny what your connection is to God right now. You just have to adjust it. Where are you at? Identify that. We did that last week. Where are you at with soul care? Are you really, are you caring for yourself? Love the Lord your God with everything that you have, with your heart, mind, and body, with everything you have, and love your neighbor as yourself. Are you, are you taking care of yourself? Because if you can't care for you, you can't care for anybody else. And then your physical body, which is where we tend to lean like 90% of our stuff, right? I just do more. I just need to do more. No, you don't. You just need to be who God's called you to be, right? And so then you don't have to present an illusion to others to believe. Beating what behind you begins with embracing God's choice to make you. Beating what's behind you begins with embracing the fact that God sent his son to save you, right? And so the reason I can stand here and share what I'm about to share is because I'm not concerned with anybody's opinion of me. I know who God is. I know what he says about me. I know how he sees me. I know his opinion of me. And his opinion of me is the only one that matters. And so I can get real with you here in just a moment and know that you can comment whatever you want to comment and you can say whatever you want to say, but God has the ultimate authority in my life and his, and his voice and his opinion and his words matter way more than anybody else's, right? And it wasn't always like that, right? It wasn't always like that. There was, there was a time where human opinion really, really was it for me. And I just had to make sure that I was good. And so what you've learned over the past few weeks, <clears throat> excuse me, is that, God's choice is, is, is that God's choice to make you comes with promises. God's choice in creating you comes with promises. It comes with blessings. It comes with opportunities. It comes with gifts. You have gifts. You are gifted. And it also comes with responsibilities because once we believe now, we're to help others see the same thing that God showed us, right? But it also handed you a bit of baggage. It also handed you a bit of baggage. And as you journey through life, right, you kind of... you grab this backpack, and it might be empty in the, in the, in the moment, but along the way, we just we kind of put stuff in it, right? And the backpack gets a little heavy, so it weighs us down, but we just, what we do, we, we bump it up, and we just keep going, right? And baggage meaning, meaning physical hurts, meaning emotional hurts, anger, bitterness, mental health issues, right? There are issues and there are doubts there, there are fears there, and disconnection from our spirit, right? Just spiritually disconnected. That's the baggage. And the more we're disconnected and the more we carry here, the more physically it weighs on us where we just start bending over and before long we're walking like this, right? And so some of us <clears throat> have very little baggage, right? Where it's light. And you can tell you know those people, right? They probably have a good relationship with God. <laughs> and some of us have more. Some of us carry a lot. More. Some of us carry more than others. And the reality is some of us have become so accustomed to living with the baggage, that backpack that we carry throughout life, that we can't imagine living without it. 
we can't imagine how it would feel to just take this thing off and be like, oh, wow. Right? You'd probably stand three inches taller. And here's kind of the cornerstone scripture for where we're at today. It's found in Hebrews. It's chapter 12, verses 1 and 3. It's one of the greatest books in the whole Bible. Here's what it says. <clears throat> Strip off every unnecessary weight and all sin, which so easily and cleverly entangles you. Run with endurance and perseverance or persistence the race that is set before you. Interpretation. Look away from all the things that will distract you. Focus. Set your eyes on Jesus, who is the author. He created you. And the perfecter. He helps you mature of your faith. The one who brings your faith to maturity. Who, for the joy of fulfilling God's plan and the goal set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the cross for your past, right? For your past. Disregarding the shame, okay? The shame that you feel, he said, give it to me. And set down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his authority and the completion of his work. Just consider, this is what verse 3 says, just consider today and think about Jesus who endured such bitter hostility against himself. Consider what he went through and consider that in comparison with your trials, with the stuff that you face. And, and the Bible here says, consider it so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. So that you will not grow weary or lose heart. Right? So then, if we actually do this, we find ourselves in a real relationship with God. We're spiritually connected. And true spirituality and real connection with God frees you to live happy and to be present and to be hopeful for the future. Right? I can live happy in the present and I'm hopeful for my future because I'm spiritually connected. Because why? Because when I think of all that Jesus did for me, I understand and, and God didn't say it was going to be easy. He said, you will face trials. He said, there will be stuff in that bag. There's going to be stuff in this bag that you're carrying. I'm still carrying it right now, okay? There will be stuff in this bag. But you can overcome. And you will overcome because I overcame, right? So then, thinking about real connection, spiritual connection, this is where you begin to let the Bible, the truth of God's word, change your life, right? To live in the truth, we have to break free from the destructive, sinful patterns of our past. That's why we're told throughout Scripture in so many different parts. Put off what's behind you. Put off your old self. Come walk new. I'm going to help you with that. Break the pattern to beat it. I've got to break it to beat it. Okay? Breaking it doesn't make it disappear, though. That's the problem. Breaking it doesn't make it disappear. I have to break the pattern to beat it so then I can leave it. I can leave it. Right? So you can learn new behaviors. So you can create healthy habits, so you can focus on why God put you here. So you can focus on why God put you here, right? And so, John 8, 32 says, so that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I guarantee there are people who don't want you to let go of what's behind you. There are people who don't want you to overcome. There are people who don't want you to beat what's behind you. Because then that would make you just a little bit farther ahead than they are. Or maybe better. Not better in a sense of, I'm better than you, but better, better here. Better here, which would ultimately make you better here, right? And so, 
Why do they not want you better? You'd leave them. You might find success. You might get better. You might get better. You might find health. You might actually overcome. You might not actually kiss that goodbye and, and they can't. And so they have a problem with that, right? And Proverbs 16, 7 says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. When you live in truth, when you live in the present, God is pleased. And he's pleased when you're connected here, right? When you're, and when you're caring here and when you're composed here is what we've talked about. Those are three C's up here. And today I want to let you know that, that, that when it comes to your past, God wants you to leave, get this, God wants you to leave behind something different than you walked into, than you walked into. And I hope that you see today that, that what you carry and what, what beats you up and what weighs you down and the power that what's behind you holds on you, you likely inherited, right? And what you will leave behind must be different than what you inherited. What you leave behind you when you go and the people who come after you come, what you leave behind must be different than what you inherited or they're going to deal with it too, Right? So then we're going to break the chain. We're going to eliminate the pattern. We're going to kill the power that the past has on you. And you can say the past has on me. What do I mean? What I inherited is different from what you inherited, right? And so then, which is different from what Heather inherited, if I can just use Heather. Heather was raised in a Christian home. I was not. I caught the church bus as a 13-year-old because I knew that I should. I didn't like the environment I was in, and I knew Jesus was better. Okay, long story, but that's it. Now, Heather knew God, and she knew what it meant to live a life that honored God, okay? I knew to keep God happy, and when I met her, I knew that she knew God, so I was like, hey, well, we can get together on that, and I knew she was good looking, so double bonus for me, right? So seriously, there was a time that I realized what I inherited and what was taught was don't make dad mad, just don't make dad mad. And he built his life on don't make dad mad. And his dad, my grandpa, built his life on don't make dad mad. So the way I saw my dad was the same way that I saw God. Do not, do not upset the big man, right? Which created a very uh, unhealthy set of values for me. And I just want to say that being raised in a home of extreme discipline with very little love, only led for me to work for approval, right? Just keep him happy. Just keep him happy, right? Which led me to also work for God's approval uh, when I gained believing. By the way, I created that because the father that I saw in front of me was the only father that I knew. So when I thought, well, this guy created me too. This is, this is my creator. Well, I should probably just make him happy too. I created that. We create that as human beings, right? So then I strived for, protection, or for, for perfection and I crossed every T and I dotted every I and I married that working for approval and perfection for my dad and for God. I married that with a job in ministry. I was just working at a church, but I married that, which as you can see through how we present here online with you, if you're with me online, thank you. And, and if you've been here in person, you can see that we've, we've, we've rebranded, we've remodeled, and we've relaunched. And there's an excellence that I believe that God, God deserves because of what he did for us. Right? And so then I want people to come in and sense that when they're here. And so then that creates an environment where people can receive God. But that was all rooted in excellence for me. And so marrying perfection and excellence 
unhealthy, eager me was like, sweet, more stuff to do. Yes. And that's real. I was like, man, there's so much stuff I can't even do it, right? Not knowing that it was going to rob me and my future wife. And it was going to greatly affect the first few years of my marriage and my first two years, almost my first two years as a dad. So then marrying my dad's expectations with the expectation of excellence in the church and the expectation I gave God, I gave God for me created more work than I could possibly do. And so I increased my capacity and I ran real hard and I did, 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 only to do, mostly because I set the expectation of what I needed to do because of what I was trying to reach. And at the root of all that, I was just trying to make people happy and keep people happy. Dad, God, leadership in the church, whoever. Because I wanted the accomplishment and I wanted the approval. Which was all disconnected from who I was, who God made me to be. Disconnected from my heart. Felt good though and I was doing a good, I was doing a good work so I, so I, I justified it. And although I was accomplishing a lot and I was gaining a lot of approval from everyone, I was miserable. And when we first got married, Heather and I, uh, I was still miserable. And our marriage began to suffer and I began to lose the best relationship in my life. And I, and I saw my son, even at an early age, start drifting away and looking at me kind of like, who is this man? Right? And in my head, <clears throat> and in my head, which is here, <laughs> right? I thought that the two people that I was pushing away from me were the cause for me to work so hard, but really they were the solution. Because God does not give us things to do. He gives us people. He gives us who's, right? God gives us wives as a gift. It's all throughout Scripture. Your wife is a gift, especially if she doesn't nag, right? All kinds of stuff in Proverbs about nagging wives. And, and so then God bless me. I have an amazing wife. And he says that children are an inheritance. I didn't see a gift or an inheritance. I saw work. And that was how I shifted in my mind because I was disconnected spiritually. I was running mind, doing, right? Knowing and doing, knowing and doing was kind of what led, what led my actions. And so then that meant I had to break what I inherited. I had to stop working and letting the root of what I worked for be approval and acceptance and all those things, right? And what I inherited is different from you. But what I had to eliminate is the pattern. Why is this happening? Oh, this is what my dad did. How do I know that? Because of who my grandpa was. Oh, that's what my grandpa was like. I didn't know my great grandpa, but I only assume I see a trend here, right? So we're three or four generations in. So I had to kill the power that the past had on me, right? And I had to get my priorities in order. I had to get healthy and I had to lead from the front. I had to lead from the front. I can't just sit back here and point fingers and say, this is what you need to do if I'm not doing it myself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors, you love yourself. If I can't love me, I can't love you. I'm telling you right now, I had to get serious for a long, long time. I still do it every week. And because I have, I can send a place to go, hey, I want to help you beat what's behind you, right? And so I realized that my life was all out of whack. And, and we talked about Acts 20, 28 a couple weeks ago. Take heed to yourself and then to the flock. My issue was I was taking heed to everything else and not to myself. I was so unhealthy and because I had... I worked out, I exercised, and I ate well. I was okay here, and, and I was disconnected spiritually, and so I could run pretty good. And I want to give you a quote from a rabbi. This was on his deathbed. This is just before he passed away. He said this. He said, 
When I, was, when I was young, I set out to change the world. But when I grew a little older, I perceived this was too ambitious. This was too much. And so I set out to change my state. This too, I realized as I got older, was too ambitious. So I set out to change my town. And when I realized that I couldn't do that either, that I couldn't even do this, I tried to change my family. I tried to change my family. Now, as an old man, I know that I should have started with changing myself. If I had started with me, maybe I would have succeeded in changing my family. Instead, I didn't. And maybe if I would have started with me, I would have succeeded in changing my family, the town, or even the state. Who knows? Maybe the world. And a lot of us are doing that, and I think that's what your social media feed is full with right now. You see a lot of people who have no integrity, who have no class, who have no dignity, who have no education, who have no morals, who have no ethics, trying to fix everything that's happening outside of them. And if they would just flip that mirror around, and they would start with themselves, if we would all start with ourselves, if we would all just walk in love instead of demand it, said a couple weeks ago, if we would all just start with us, it would have a ripple effect, and it would, and it would all change. We've got to start here. Our heart, connect spiritually to the one who created us, right? And so I tell you all that because it's very real. It's very real for me. And in all of that, I could have created excuses. And I did for a long time. I did. And I could blame on external events. And I could say, well, we got this coming, so, so I'll do that next week. I'll go, I'll go seek some counsel next week. I'll go talk to my pastor next week, right? I could blame external events. But I came to a place where I had to get real, where I had to face reality, where I had to turn around and face what was behind me and go, okay, what is all this? What is all this? And some of it's smoke and mirrors, but man, when you get to the root of what's back there, oh goodness, oh goodness. And so then when I turned around, I realized I had to seek truth instead of approval. I had to seek truth instead of approval. And so in seeking help and guidance and counsel, and ultimately, God, I found the root to my problem of perfectionism was rooted in my own family. It came from how I was seeking approval from my dad, how he sought approval from his dad, how he sought approval from his dad. And the common pattern I found, which I had to break, was this. There was strict, extreme, fear-based discipline with physical, verbal, and emotional abuse. I had to break this. Do you not think that this is, this, I, this is in, like, in my forefront every day? I have to break this. Four generations of people, I get to be the one to say, not in my house, not in my mind, not in my heart, not in my life. I'm going to lead a different way. Now, in my past, there wasn't divorce, different time. People kept their commitment honored each other, were honest with each other, were hospitable with each other, served each other, right? It wasn't you do you and I'll do me, right? There was no alcoholism or drug abuse outside of my biological father who I've never known. There was no addictive behaviors. There was no sexual abuse. There was no mental or psychological abuse. So I'm not speaking to those today. There was physical, verbal, and emotional abuse. I think we all have had some of, some of that emotional abuse in our lives. By the way, to be clear, abuse is defined as a pattern of behavior used by one person 
to gain and maintain power and control over another. This week, this week, I want you to take some time to identify the patterns from your past. How do those play out in your life today? Because reality is the patterns of your past or from your past are played out in the present most of the time without you even being aware of it. We just wake up, put the backpack on, and we go. I'm like, oh yeah, this is, yeah, I've just always had this. It's, all, it's just what I do. It's just who I am. No, this backpack isn't who you are. God says you're so much more. That was last week. Make sure you get that. Today, you may feel alone in whatever it is that you're dealing with. But the truth is, there are plenty of people inside your circle, inside your family, who were part of the same pattern. It goes way back. The Bible tells us it goes back three or four generations. That was true for me. It went back four generations for me. The unfortunate part is we can't erase the past. We can't erase our family's past. And, and that has to be true, especially for those of us who try to bury it, who just try to bury the past, right? You don't have to bury it because the truth is no matter how much you covered up or how deep it is, it's still there. And it affects you here because you know, right? Because you know it affects you here and it disconnects you here. It disconnects you spiritually. One of the ways you can beat what is behind you is by being in a support group, but not a support group that enables you, a group that's going to keep you accountable. I'm talking a group of three people who love you, who believe in you, and who believe like you, right? Not 16 people in a, in a, in a circle complaining about how bad life is. That's not accountability, right? That enables a lot of what happens when we leave those rooms. But I want to say this, before you get a group, before you get into a circle of people that that will actually hold you accountable, that will support you, right? The first thing you do is bring it to God. I need to bring it to God here. He's the one who created me. He knows my heart. It's not about the external things, it's the internal things. He knows my heart. And what, what is the thing that keeps you from being you? Bring that to Him. What is it that's behind you that keeps you from moving forward? Bring that to God. Here's the deal. He already knows about it. He already knows about it. So it's not, it's not a shameful, it's a, hey God, man, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus so I can give this to you. Thank you, Lord, right? And so here's the thing. When we carry it in shame, when we live in regret or we try to hide it, we're keeping God from helping us. We're saying, yeah, yeah, you, you can help me on this. I'm just, oh, not over here, right? Just like, right? We're going at life alone. And we're going on our own, and that's exhausting here. All because we're disconnected here, because we're not including God in our decision, right? The Bible says, apart from God, we can do nothing. So stop carrying it. Stop covering up. Stop readjusting, right? Stop going back. Stop dwelling on it, right? Stop bringing it with you. Bring it to God. The Bible says nothing's impossible with God. Meaning you can think of the absolute worst scenario and sit in the toughest situation and God has seen worse and he's overcome more. Matter of fact, he's overcome the world, everything in it, right? And with him and you, you overcome too. You overcome too. There's an old hymn that I used to sing at the old Baptist church that sat across the street from my high school. Come thou fount of every blessing is the song. And in that song, there's an odd moment where the lyrics say, here I raise my Ebenezer. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Hither by, <laughs> hither by, 
thy help I've come. And I can't tell you how many times I got sidetracked in that song after that verse. I raised my Ebenezer. Like, first thing you think of is like, what's an Ebenezer? Why am I raising one? I don't, I don't think I have an Ebenezer, right? Am I supposed to have an Ebenezer? Would I recognize an Ebenezer if I saw it? All this going through my head while I'm imagining the grumpy old Ebenezer Scrooge. I can just see his face, right? And the reality in this hymn is it's referring to a story from the Old Testament to one of the battles when it looked like Israel was going to be utterly destroyed by a powerful army. But God intervenes and saves Israel. And Samuel takes a stone and he, this is 1 Samuel 7, 12. He takes a stone and he, and he sets it up between Mizpah and Shin, and he named that stone Ebenezer, saying, Thus far, the Lord has helped us. We were connected. The point being, every time an Israelite passed by that way, they would see the stone, they would remember what God had done, and they would remember how utterly faithful he is, and how he gave them a second chance. He saved their life. That's Ebenezer. Ebenezer means stone of help, right? Because God is our rock. He is our constant help in all times, including in times of need. Because he loves, we get a second chance, just like good old grumpy Ebenezer did. And just like in Hebrews 12.3, it challenges us to remember, you should know it does your heart good to remember. It does your heart good to remember. Remembering keeps it fresh. I love the quote, your memory is your motivation. Whenever I'm grumpy, I go back and remember. I have to go back and remember. The time I came out of, of the section, eight seats way in the back, row 17, all the way get to the edge, I remember. I remember. Your memory is your motivation. Memory pulls, out of our, pulls us out of our patterns and out of our thought processes. It helps us to get the focus off of us and onto God. That's what your memory does. Our memory reminds us of the goodness of God. It reminds us of the goodness of God in our past. It allows us to appreciate his goodness and remember what he's done. That's what your memory does. And so here are your action steps today. There are a couple of them. So if you're taking notes, let's lean in. One, identify what you bring into your todays from your yesterdays. What parts, pains, Patterns of your past, do you need to acknowledge and give to God? What is it? Hebrews 12, 1. So we started. What is hindering you? What entangles you? What keeps you? Identify what you're bringing from behind you into your tomorrow, into your today, right? Number two, face your past, your pains, your faults, your patterns. Go ahead. Face them. Okay, stop. This stops here. Here's the line. This stops here. Face them. Face them. Isaiah 43, 18 says, do not dwell on it. It's over. God does something new every day. God does something new every day. So this is the line. They stay there. This takes time. It's a process. It takes consistency. I think that's probably my number one prayer for you over the past three weeks, and it will be continued through the end of this year. These are not one-time things. These are all-the-time things. To be healthy, 
to be completely whole and healthy. It's a process. It's a process, right? Number three, take ownership and responsibility. Yep, 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 I know it, I've done it, I do it. Here's a line, I'm not doing it anymore, right? Take ownership, responsibility. First John 1, 9 says, confess it all. Say you're sorry, and if you do that with a pure heart, God will forgive you, he will cleanse you, he'll make you new. He'll call you righteous, take ownership. With ownership comes righteousness, so good. Number four, give it to God. Give it to God. You have to let it go. You have to let it go. Give it to God. Whatever you're carrying physically, whatever you're carrying mentally, emotionally, whatever you're carrying spiritually, give it to God. Casting, here's what 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting the whole, the whole of your care, all of your care, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your concerns, once and for all, cast all of them on him. For he cares, he loves you, for he cares for you with deep affection and watches over you with care. This is why we connect here. Number five, fix your focus. Let's go to Hebrews 12, 2. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Why? He's the pioneer and the perfecter of your faith. He helps this get to what it needs to be so that can be what it is so you can go and be who he called you to be and you're doing and you're doing. When you focus on the right person instead of the wrong thing, it's not as difficult to throw off everything that hinders you, right? It's not as difficult to stop the sin. It's not as easy as it's hard to draw the line and say, no more. The difficulties that we have in putting off is because we stay disconnected here. And the reality is, is this. It takes reps and it takes consistency. It takes you being firm, holding the line and saying, no, not anymore, not anymore. And the more intentionally that you focus on Jesus and the truth, the better you're able to run with perseverance the race that God created you to run. And I just paraphrased Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 that we talked about today. We all have different pasts. We all have different patterns. We all have different hurts. We all have different hang-ups, right? Beating what behind you, what's behind you, overcoming your past is a process. It's not a one-week deal. For me, this took two years, two years, two years, just over two years, battling every week and believing every day. What I'm taking you through, I've already done. And it's so good for me to do it again. It's so good for me to do it again. The first three weeks of this series have given you a great start. Please lean into them. Please go back, soak in them, sit, listen, write, lean in, reflect, address the areas that have limited you so you can beat what's behind you. I'm going to close with this. Life is lived forward, okay? Life is lived forward. Not in slow motion, not in rewind. The tough part about this is the only way that life is understood is backward. And when it comes time for you to run it back, you're not going to hold the remote, you won't be in charge of the remote. Replay happens in heaven for you. So then throw the remote out. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. There's a glitch, okay? Get out of that glitch and let's, let's live forward. Rip the rearview mirror out of your mind so you can live forward because today hasn't yet finished and tomorrow is brand new.
Tomorrow's brand new. The promise you have in living forward instead of rewind is found in Romans 2.7. It says, those who persistently do good, seek God and honor him will be given eternal life. Will be given eternal life. They'll find health. And here's how I want to wrap this up. The Lord's Prayer, which is found in Matthew chapter 6, gives us an example of how we live forward and how we do not let our past dictate our future. God says that he provides three things, okay? Three things. Provision for today. Give us this day our daily bread. That's provision for today. Pardon for our yesterday. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our trespasses, right? Well, today isn't finished yet, so... Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our debts. And protection. Protection for tomorrow. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God says, I've got all the bases covered. What's behind you, what's in front of you, and what's right now. Your past, your present, and your future. Your past, you blew it. We all did. Get over it. It is forgiven if you ask. Your present, God is your hope. He will provide. Your future, God is your deliverer. Do not worry. Do not fear. I don't know what's going to happen. Neither do I. I walk by faith, not by sight. If you look around you, it's easy to get to crawl in the fetal position and lock yourself inside. We don't go by what we see. We go by faith. We go by belief. We don't go by what we know. We go by what we believe. Knowing is the hardest thing to do because you've got to get into your heart. What do you believe in your heart? Right? God promises I'll take care of yesterday's failures. I'll take care of today's frustrations. And I will beat tomorrow's fears because I love you. Because I love you. And we can forget our past because we've been forgiven. We can beat what's behind us because we believe. And we can overcome our past because Jesus overcame the world. We can live forward because of Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Take off the backpack. And I can set this down. Strip off every unnecessary weight and all the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles you. Run with endurance and persistence. The race that is set before you, draw a line in the sand. Enough is enough. Look away from the things that will distract you. Draw a line. Enough. Focus your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of your faith, the one who brings your faith to maturity, who for the joy of fulfilling God's plan and goal set before him, endured the cross for you. He endured the cross for you. So as you, as you leave, remember Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. If it weren't for your past, we wouldn't need the cross. Jesus would not have had purpose if you were perfect. If you didn't have a past, we don't need Jesus. The only reason that Jesus gave his life for you is to erase your past, which reconnects you with God the Father, your creator. So then, you can leave the backpack. Leave it. Leave it. I'll never forget the day I walked away from my backpack. I'll never forget the day that I walked away from all the stuff that I wanted to identify. I was like, whoa, this stops now. This stops now. I'll never forget that day. It still sits on the second floor of a warehouse in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Still right there. I'll never forget that whiteboard. I'll never forget that moment, ever. The day that I said, enough. Line, done. Doesn't mean it doesn't come back. Doesn't mean it doesn't visit me. I have to be intentional. I have to be consistent with God right here. My heart. It's who God says you are. You can do the same thing. You can do the same. Father, I love you. Thanks so much for today. Thanks for being with me, in me, Lord, allowing me to use what you've shown me. Lord, your word coming to fruition in my life. 
the same thing that you want for everybody, Lord, for everybody to identify the patterns, the hurts, the brokenness, the faults, the mistakes, all those things, to identify, find the connection, get to the root, Lord, so we can put a stop, so we can put a stop to it. Thank you for having people overcome today. You told us to take heart, to take heart, because you've overcome the world. Lord, help us all to take heart today, to get just a little bit closer to you spiritually, to connect, reconnect, stay connected to who you are and to who you've called us to be, Lord, to care for ourselves, to compose ourselves, to go in a manner that would honor you because of who you are, not what we did. I love you, and I thank you for an amazing day. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If today's message spoke to you, please send it along, share. If you're subscribed, thank you. If you're not subscribed, do that. Uh, Make sure you like what's happening. When you risk your relational equity, it means more than you know. If you need to have a conversation today, you need to pray a prayer, you need to reestablish your relationship with God, I would love to do that. You can email me, Dusty, at DustyOtis.com. I would love to walk with you, send you a book, a journal, whatever you need, wherever you are in in your process, in your journey, in your steps. Please let me know. I would love to walk with you. Next week, two things. The first two things that Jesus told us to do and why we do them. The first two things Jesus told us to do and why we do them. And so that's going to be an amazing, uh, an amazing two-week mini-series that we're going to do in the middle of this to let you sit, rest, and sink in this. And so uh, I hope you'll join us for that. All right. Now, I pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray the perception of your mind would be enlightened so that you would know what is the hope of His calling and His purpose for you and the great things that he has in store for you. Thank you so much for being here. Go out, enjoy fall. Have a good week. Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public servicemen and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. So go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner, or you can visit livefreetofine.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.